This episode is presented by Minnesota's very own Ticket King. For tickets for an upcoming game or concert, visit TicketKingOnline.com or a quick link from the 1500ESPN.com sports calendar page. TicketKingOnline.com, 612-341-4141. The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Podcast1MN. He doesn't plan on writing a book to chronicle all his incredible experiences over the past 50 years covering Minnesota sports. But we've convinced him to do something even better. To share his greatest stories in auditory form right here. We wanted to call this a prairie home curmudgeon. But legal nixed it. So we proudly present the best stories from the mind of Patrick Royce, titled Royce Rambles. Here's Judd Zulgad. Okay, welcome to another edition of uh, Royce Rambles Podcast. This is the one before you go on your, your hiatus to Florida, Patrick. <laughs> oh, let's not call it a hiatus. I'll be working Well, you'll be day. working, but you'll but you'll be warm the whole time, I'll which makes birds, me very there jealous. There will be birds singing. Yes, the, exactly uh, right. You know, how they, you know how they sing in that empty ballpark. Actually, their crows usually cawing, except with no popcorn left around and maybe... <laughs> Maybe we won't have to put up with the crows. But, yeah, I'll be at the ballpark for a while. Here. The winter home of the ride winter with Ricey. winter home of the ride with Ricey, yes. Uh, everybody have a good time. I'll be back a couple of times. All right. But, uh, as seldom as possible. All right, including Twins Fest. Mm-hmm. Uh, so today's subject, though, is head coaches that you've covered. And in particular, we just got done with a head coach who I would say it's fair to say has been beaten down Hates press conferences. <laughs> Mike Zimmer has gone from a guy. I mean, it's never like he embraced the press, but he is now to the point where in his season-ending press conference on Tuesday, I've never heard a guy sighing like this over answering simple questions. Mm-hmm. He would rather have any body part examined by a doctor than have to talk to the media. Well, Denny actually solved that problem by not having them. Remember that when there was dis- <laughs> when there was disappointing seasons, Denny would not have the end of the seasoner, right? He That's started right. That uh, I think maybe started it with ninety nine after they, uh, I mean ninety eight, and I think after they, I don't think he ever had one after they lost to the Falcons, and then after that, I, he sure as hell didn't have one after forty one donut. I can guarantee you. So. Uh, I guess Zimmer could have uh, gone that way, but uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it is kind of funny. It's. Uh, I, I said to something. I said to somebody a couple of days ago. I said, "Are we feuding with Zimmer here, and we don't even know it?" Yes. <laughs> local media. It, I mean, with Denny, we knew it, right? Right. We knew we were in a feud with Denny. I mean, he accused us of plotting to get him fired. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he accused Sansevier Powers and uh, uh, Barrero of uh, plotting to get him fired. The cabal. I mean, yes. I'm sure I wasn't in on it, but. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, uh, it is uh, it is funny. I, I just I I don't know. I think it's I, I've said it before, and I I think it's expectations start driving you crazy when you think. Plus, how hard is it? You're five and zero, and think you're a Super Bowl contender, and now you're celebrating beating the Bears to go eight and eight. Yeah, it's, it's got to be a kick. And the Bears don't chance. care. No, the Bears didn't give a damn on Sunday. No. No, but you're, I mean, you got kicked in the shins with your own eye problems and your yeah. your feud with Norv Turner. I mean, you had to run Norv Turner out of here. That's that's still the biggest lie of this whole season to me, that Norv just suddenly quit without uh, being pushed out the door is the biggest nonsense I've ever heard. Of course it is. Well, Tuesday he comes out with after eye surgery to attend the game plan meeting and basically has to tell 
And or we're not doing what you want to do anymore. We're doing what this other guy wants to do. And then the next day we're supposed to believe that normally. And, and oh, by the way, I slept in the office till six o'clock in the morning so I could be there when he got there. Yes. And, uh, you know, the idea that Norv came in and suddenly and said he's quitting. And shocked him completely with yeah. his. So that was that was the biggest lie of the season. And then that was really what came unglued, too, don't you think? Yeah, it was part of it. Yeah, they were only. I mean, they'd lost two. A lot a, of, they'd lost two in a row, but yeah. it wasn't a full scale collapse then. I, there were a lot of things this year, though, that sort of added up to all of all hell breaking loose. I think, don't you? I mean, you had the whole goofy stuffed toys thing, yes. and him trying to tell the players about you know don't don't be fat cats, and that was. And and I still wonder if some player thought it was the silliest thing of all time and slashed the cats. Yeah, he might have. Who knows? I mean, if you're you're adults, and all of a sudden some guy's putting stuffed cats in there. But there was know. there was that, and then they lost their first game, and he melt and Zimmer melted down about you're soft. My team was soft, and it's just I I think you were right from day one. I honestly think it's the level of expect. This was the first time that there was sure. a level of expectation. Eleven and five, man, he was a hero. Yeah, and and year one he could have won five games, yes. and we all would have said it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think you learn so much about people when there's actual expectations, and I don't think he enjoyed that that fact. Because when he started off, Patrick, in training camp, uh, talking about people don't believe. They don't believe that you guys yeah, are worth right. it. And we all looked at each other, and the players had to do the same, saying, what? SI's picking us for, like, the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, that's right? right. Yeah, I mean, what the hell is this guy talking about? they were certainly one of the top five teams in the NFC, yeah. weren't they? I mean, yes. they were— it was them or the Packers in the NFC, uh, whatever we are, North now. And, uh, you know, it was, it, I mean, there was rampant optimism. And one reason was the good, strong, solid coaching we had here with uh-huh. uh, with Zim and Norv Turner and all the boys. So, uh, yeah, that, that came out of nowhere. And it, But when he was questioned about it, remember right away he was questioned about it, he yeah. says, well, I don't believe you believe in us, yes. basically, is what yes. he was saying. He used us to say that we were, and we are all picking them to win the bleeping <laughs> division title. Yes. That's my point. That was really strange. But the public, you know what it does? We, we, I think we have the perception that the public uh, is willing to change its mind rapidly on people. But once they are really locked in on some notion, it's hard for them to change their mind on Zim. I mean, so they're still having a hard time blaming any of this. Oh, I know. On Zim's uh, leadership, you mm-hmm. know, they 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 are focused, and they made up their mind that Childress was a flop, mm-hmm. was a failure the first year, and he could never change their minds. Even though his third year, they I looked it up. I think they went seven and two down the stretch to make the playoffs. His third year in '08. Yeah, right. Yes. Something yeah, like that. They, right. they were ten and six, yeah. and they were they had a good stretch run, yeah. and with Tarveris Jackson and Gus Farad as your quarterbacks, mm-hmm. and uh, and then the next year, I mean, okay, they, you know, it was probably all far, but they still were within one play of going to the Super Bowl. So, is this town uh, special in, in its own way? Of this too, it does seem to me. That Zimmer lost the fan base, or I'm, I'm sorry, um, Childress lost the fan base here in press conference one. He got up there, and it was he was very sort of abrupt and cold. And I remember Trying that kind of play coach. Yeah, and nobody here liked it. And I never thought that he he recovered completely from that. 
Zimmer, conversely, his first press conference, he did a good job of playing coach, yeah. and we loved it. It's, but, he, I mean, he's a hemming and hawing. He's not a – he no. doesn't have the smooth delivery, but it's, it's you know, it's kind of the, the no-nonsense. Well, here's the deal. He was Mr. No-Nonsense, and this year there was a lot of nonsense. Yeah. You know, but he was – the reason they embraced him was, oh, no-nonsense. Yeah. A new sheriff in town without saying he's a new sheriff in town. Mm-hmm. It is. It is odd. Les Fraser's one that they they didn't know they were willing to go either way on Les, right? And yes. When things they liked the Les, but they really didn't like the fact that he wasn't more emotional yes. and melting down on yes. the sideline during games, yes. which I always found hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, it is. An, it's an interesting uh, dynamic, but uh, I actually think at our soul, uh, and Zimmer being an example, is once we have a positive vibe on a guy, we, boy, we're really reluctant to change that, right? I'd agree with that, uh, yes. Another guy is, uh, I would say, Richard Patino, who is now on the upswing again, but they never turned on him like they should have last year, 2-17 and 17 in the Big Ten, worst season in the history of gopher basketball. But the public had convinced themselves Tubby wasn't the answer, and the kid was an improvement. Mm-hmm. So... They all got all in on Patino the first year when they won the NIT, and the second year was lousy, but they were still in on him, and the third year was horrendous, and they, they still were reluctant to change their mind, and maybe they'll come out the other side, and it looks like maybe they'll they'll be right now. But but in most, if this had been Kentucky, oh, they ran that guy out of town. What, that Bill Gillespie lasted, what, two years? Yes. Because his second year was terrible, and they ran him out. Yes. And here, we just put it up with it. You know? We have, I, I would say that in this town, we, we have, the Vikings are their own entity. Oh, because yeah. they're huge. Besides that, we have a lot of teams that we just sort of ignore if they're not good, though. So oh, yeah. if they're good, we like them. And if they're not good, we don't necessarily get mad about them. We just sort of give up on them. Yeah, well, there's a lot more teams in that entity right now. Uh, Go for basketball never used to be that way, but it is now. Right, and uh, you know, go for hockey is off the. You know, you got, you know, back in the day, if Lucia had missed the play, missed the tournament last year, they would have raised all kinds of hell. Now it's yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, who cares? Yet not going to win it anyway. And, so and wolves, the wolves. I mean, we don't deep down right wow. now. We don't really give a damn. I said the other day on Twitter after they lost this game to. Portland, where I don't even think Damian Lillard played, right? He didn't. Damian, you lose at home to Portland oh, yeah. without Damian Lillard. That's like scored 43 or something. That's like losing to the Bulls Michael Jordan's first year without Michael Jordan on yeah. the team. And, uh, But I said, if you're one of the several dozen Timberwolves fans, <laughs> zealots, and I mean dozens, yeah, there's 150 in the state, yeah, they'd drive you insane. This team would drive you insane, but nobody cares. You know, nobody cares. They, they, they are, you know, they, they are the perfect model of that. What you're saying, and and the Wild are, you know, as good as they're playing right now. The Wild are pretty much immune to people going nuts, mm-hmm. aren't they? I mean, people, they, well, people what, love them. And once then, again, if you if you go to Twitter and get the the wild Twitter people, they'll go nuts. But yes, there's, the fa- there's, there's only a few. Yes, yeah, there's nobody. So the, yeah, yeah, we're not we're we are not hard on coaches. You know, we we aren't hard on coaches. But but if we decide a guy ain't the answer, 
We were hard on Tubby. Why? Why were we hard on Tubby? Why were we? Why were we down on Tubby? We, just because we expected. More? I think we had because we because more? I think we felt fooled because I think the day that he got hired, we thought, "Oh, the, yeah, this is it. Ten years of year, greatness." Last year, they beat the number one team in the country. Yeah, Indiana here. Yeah, they uh, they beat Michigan State at home to open the league. They were thirty fifth or something in RPI at the end of the year, and they won a tournament game against a UCLA team that. Had some talent on it. Why, why were we, why were we so anxious I to think, get rid of Tubby? I think because we felt duped. I think because yeah, the day maybe. that he got here, we ah, we he thought this was going to be fantastic. He doesn't work hard enough. But yeah, I mean he didn't. But I mean it's just kind of silly that that we were so down on him. But we did. We turned on him. I I don't know why. So it it is funny who you, who they who we turn on and who we don't. Uh, Guardy at the end we were. Out on Guardy those last three four years, yeah. we, we weren't quite sure why. It was I guess it was Guardy's fault that they had a nine ERA or something that they. Yeah. It was Guardy's fault that uh, Vance Worley couldn't pitch, I guess, <laughs> but uh, that they traded all their center fielders for Vance Worley. But yeah, it, it is interesting. But boy, Zim would have to have another year just as big a flop as this one for us to get mad at him, though, right? At as least, public. yes. I got a I got a proposal. Okay. Tracy Clays had a better year than Mike Zimmer as a coach. Yeah, it's probably true. Tracy Clays, he was uh, seven and four against teams that were from Power Five conferences. He didn't beat any juggernauts, but he, I don't think he. I can't remember if they were favored over Iowa or not. But I mean, he lost to Penn State, which ended up being pretty good, and he lost to uh, Nebraska. He could have won that game, but. I mean, he did it without a real quarterback. So, I mean, he 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 had certainly as good a coaching year as Mike Zimmer, and probably. Better. I was going to say Zim did, yeah, because Zim did not have a good coach. No, year. I mean they but, they but, didn't have a good year. Yeah, right now, if you'd ask the public, and not not even if you take the sex scandal out of it, yeah, plays would still be in more trouble with the public than Mike Zimmer. Why do you think when when it comes uh, to especially Vikings coaches in this town, why do you think that that there's uh, only black and white too. It seems like oh, yeah. like the Zimophiles. Mm-hmm. If you say if you say to them, "Hey, listen, he didn't have a, a great year," they come back with the offensive line was hurt. This, this, yeah. this. I, I don't understand why there's not a shade of gray to say. I'm not. No one's saying that Mike Zimmer should be fired. No. What I am he saying is year. he didn't have a great year, and he certainly has to be introspective enough to realize he did some things wrong. Yes, and uh, I heard you guys' conversation on Tuesday. Uh, where Mackey, of course, is the, it's all on the offensive line. And I heard Collar telling him, he's right. It's not all on the offensive line. It's, it's, a, it's a share of it, but they, what happened to the defense? You know, yeah. they, got, they had no injuries. Harrison Smith, you, you can't tell me that Harrison Smith not playing is an excuse to go out and get your ass kicked by the Colts. The Colts game was, at yes, home. the red. And, uh, you know, it's... Uh, and get ripped up by Green Bay, and it's uh, you know he had a bad year coaching, and I I don't know why it's so hard for people to admit it, but they don't want to because they want to like him. Yes, when I wish he'd get, I wish he'd do something. I wish he'd go back to the farm for a month and not see anybody and rest the eye and relax because uh, he needs Xanax or some damn thing. How much happier would he have been if he had been coaching in this league in let's say 1970? 
He has because he strikes. Well, he had a nice trained media. Media. Yes, exactly. When when you had your beat writers, you didn't have no Twitter. Internet didn't exist. Yes. When you could, when you could probably call the two guys, you know, or the four guys, the Dispatch, Pioneer Press, uh, Star, and Tribune, into a room with a tub of beer, shoot the <laughs> you know what, and go on background, and not have to deal with these press conferences now, where you've got bloggers and guys on Twitter, and that to me yeah, seems to drive him crazy. You think Belichick knows what's on Twitter? You think he gives a damn? No, I don't think he does. I think Zimmer does. I, I was shocked this year how much Zimmer knows. It started with Tom Powers' call column after the Bridgewater <laughs> thing, and Powers is you know once a week retire basically retire. Just, he can throw any atom bomb he wants. Oh, he's always been the funniest guy that ever lived, and he's you know his perception is Zim's being a jackass, so he writes it. Yes, and Zimmer let it right off the bat. He was. Angry about oh, and that. When he talks about these things. Yeah. You know, he'll pull people aside and talk about how upset he is. It's amazing. I thought the one thing I thought about him is he wouldn't give a damn about a thing. That's it. Yeah, I was absolutely and 100% wrong. And he definitely wrong. cares. I was I was 100% wrong about him. I thought he'd be the last guy in the world that cared. But I'm telling you, I think he he would have been far happier in the days where where there were where there were two newspapers for instance, oh, sure. a couple of TV stations, no all sports stations like us and life was Example simple. Example A. John Tortorella. Yes. He goes to, he's in Tampa Bay. Yep. You got two guys covering him. He wins the Stanley Cup, Tampa Bay. Does the whole, you know, he's okay. He, you know, he gets fired there. But then he goes to New York <laughs> and he's got the tabloids and everybody else and they find out they can agitate him. So they agitate the hell out of him and they he basically goes nuts, right? Yes. Every oh, press yeah. conference Ballistic. was. Must see psychosis because he was mad. Every question, hey, one today, five to two. And he was mad because, you know, and now he's in Columbus and the Buckeyes are still playing. (laughs) And he's got one beat writer from the Columbus Dispatch. And the guy from their website doesn't even travel with them. Oh, is that? I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, I'm talking to the guy from Columbus. He rarely makes the trips. Oh, funny. And then they got the... Lackey from with the tape recorder from the radio and the TV outlets that cover him. He's got one beat writer to deal with. So he comes in the other day. He comes in after the battle of the unbeatens there, the streaks. There were I was there. Uh, one of uh, Brian Hall was there from for AP. So yeah, so and uh, like three people from Columbus. Yeah, you know, and that's that maybe. You know, but it, that's what Zim Zim would happy, love. Zim that. would love that. That's yes. what Zim wants. Yeah, that's what Zim wants. He doesn't want to be. He does. He doesn't want you asking about injuries. He doesn't want you. He just basically just wants you to go away. <laughs> well, he would have been good in the uh, days of uh, a Bud when Bud had the trained trained media. Mm-hmm. You know, the the greatest thing that ever happened in the history of the Bud regime was when Suture was the <laughs> novice ball. They for some reason, they put him on the beat, which is the funniest thing of so all So he was time. the beat writer? He was the beat writer oh, for I didn't... a year. For a year, he's the beat writer. Still writing columns, but he's the beat writer. Okay. And that's when he wrote. They had a linebacker. That was the days when you could only bring a guy in for a tryout for one day. Okay. So, Such, he's, he doesn't know. He's just And he sees this same guy, number 57 or something, out there practicing. Paul Harris was his name for the second day. 
and he just put in his little nose. Paul Harris, linebacker Paul Harris was trying out for the second day with the Vikings. They ended up taking away a third-round draft choice. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Bud, Bud knew Joe was... You know there was no vindictiveness in it, so he just, he was he was upset, but he wasn't he wasn't apoplectic about it. But but Zimmy would have Zim 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 would have uh, loved that too. I mean, because you had you know you had Sid and Ralphie Reeve from the St. Paul yeah, paper, exactly. and uh, you had the two beat writers from the Minneapolis papers, and and you know hell, we traveled when I was in St. Paul for most of the years. We traveled Ralph. Mm-hmm. That was it. We no columns. No columns. No. Traveled Ralphie. Zim would be in heaven. Right for morning and afternoon papers. So yeah, you, you, and the TV stations never went with them anywhere. You know, they didn't go on the road. Right. And every time there was a open locker room, we didn't have all the TV stations and everybody what? beating. Yeah, them, that's the thing know, now. Having to beat out of there, you know, they, we didn't. You know, so what? I didn't. I cover. I. Mike Lynn made Bud start a mini camp in, oh, God, maybe early 80s. Yeah. I think early 80s. He made him start one. Otherwise, Bud didn't. Bud was the last guy, and it was like three days. Bud probably hated it. Two him. days. Oh, yeah. Bud wouldn't have ever had one. And I, honest to God, in 15 years, might have went to one mini camp. You know, nobody, sure. nobody even brought it up that, hey, we need a column now. It's mini camp. We need a column. Right. Nobody cared, you know. And yeah, I think Zim would have liked that outfit. But I wonder what he'll. Is this gonna turn into a feud or not? I I don't know. I don't think the I think the media I, mostly still likes him. But I think that he had a perception that the media was somehow part of the team a little bit, and that they would be they they, they would have a loyalty. And he feels now that he didn't see that, and so I'm very curious starting. This coming season, how he treats things. Mm-hmm. I think he, I think he thought he was very forthcoming. He, he wasn't necessarily, but I think he thought he was. So I'm really curious. I, I, I think he might change some things or try to, and I don't know that that works that well. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that that's smart, well, that's but he's become change. very, very short with his answers and almost bitter about things. Well, and I think he was really bitter about the uh, doesn't make a lot this of sense. Last one, the perception that Terrence Newman. Said, ah, don't pay any attention to him. Yeah. We're going to run it this way. With Nelson? He wants, you know, once they got their story straight, he wants people to believe but that was as the story. He's the one who brought it up in, in the first place. Yes, if he had never said it, it never gets out. I know, but as a media, I do think he wants us to, you know, he thinks everybody should be Paul Allen. He thinks Paul Allen's part of the media. That's correct. Paul is not part of the He media. thinks the team website is, too. Yes. He wants the, he wants the Star Tribune, the Pioneer Press, us. Okay. To treat him yeah, like they, the team website. Of course, does. that's the great battle that lies ahead, and they'll probably outlast newspapers. The great battle that lies ahead is the team's attempt to funnel teams, not just the Vikings. Teams right. attempt to funnel their information through their own website, you know, so that it's always distorted on their behalf. Big uh, debate going on on Fox, mm-hmm. not showing the protesters. You know, there was yes, Fox on Sunday. And people are saying, well, they don't want to give those clowns any attention. Well, okay. Streakers, you know, guys running naked across the field. I can see that. This is news. The 
guys are risking their lives mm-hmm. in the beams of a stadium. I mean, you're there covering news, right? Right. So if an explosion goes off in the down in one end zone, you know, and eight people get blown up, you're not going to report it. You know, I mean, this is news, right? To, to not to have Fox yeah. because the Vikings and U.S. the Vikings would not want U.S. Bank, their name stadium. I mean, their stadium naming rights holder, embarrassed. But that's news. That's you know, you're but this where are your partners? This partner crap drives me crazy. But you're but you're thinking it's it's Fox as a whole. It's Fox's NFL coverage, which yes. doesn't see itself as news at all. It sees itself as a partner of the league. But who? How do you? I gotta think. So they're trying to define. I gotta that. think there's someone from the Fox team. I mean, the producers of the that thinks they should show that. Sure. Though, and they're getting told by New York not to. I'm willing to bet that it, it it not only was not shown on Fox. I am willing to bet that they did not mention it once on the radio broadcast either, because none oh, of these had to. because these think. people I don't know because these people don't see themselves. They see themselves as partners of the team. Yeah, I know. But yeah, I mean that's the direct that's the direction that this entire thing is going. And and the most important question because I think we we think as guys in this end of the business, Patrick, that well people want this or or people want you know complete coverage. I wonder how many fans, Vikings fans, you know what, say, I like the team website because, darn it, it tells me all yeah. I need to know. And mm-hmm. if it's negative, I don't need that. Oh, because yeah. Because we, that's we fine. don't see that's, it that way. And I think people do. Or yeah, at least some do. people do. They do. But I, I think they'd also, you know, miss the, miss the actual coverage. Sure. I mean, more people, there are certainly hardcores who would prefer that everyone just take the the uh, team's view of the Newman-Xavier Rhodes mess. Right. But there's also, you know, there's also the audience that wants to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. So there, there, there's there's both sides. I guess. You know, I, I, I think there's, you can find the people who don't want to hear anything negative anytime you want to. Sure. But, you know, that's why we got two morning radio shows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because one's sometimes That's negative and one's, one's, uh, one's not negative. Yeah, well, one's, one's got one little homer and, and <laughs> who, uh, who thinks Zim did a hell of a job, and then one's got you. So that's, uh, you know, and they got, they got, you got you as a partner. What's the biggest? But I think, you know, I, I agree with Collar. You can't blame this whole thing on the offense. No, line. I no. said that. No, fix yeah. the offensive line. You just bought Sperano well, in. The, the offense, listen, there's there's circumstances, including the line, that cause of this. I get that. But you can't blame the whole thing on one area. But There's okay. a lot of factors if here. If Khalil been healthy. Yeah. And Andre Smith had been healthy, how much better would they have been? The left tackle would have been, been quite a bit better, but Andre Smith was terrible. Yeah. And, they were, and the run game would not have Jeremiah been substantially Searles better. was no worse than Andre Smith and probably tried harder. Yes, he did. I mean, you guys brought in the wrong guys. You yeah. spent your money on Andre Smith, who, pro football focus, said had gone from the, what, sixth best offensive tackle to the 48th in about two years? Yes. That means he ain't trying. Well, he was, what, the sixth overall pick with the Bengals, and he was a complete stiff. Yeah, well, apparently he had one good year, or one or two years, and then went right in the tank. So, well, this so is it's got to be attitude. 
This is the whole thing about about when teams bring in a bunch of guys for competition and sell. And and this gets back to if, if you read Vikings.com, I'm sure you, you thought to yourself, this is going to be great. We got competition at center and we got competition yeah. at guard and we got competition well, I, at I gotta right admit, tackle. I, I got to admit, I thought the numbers would allow them to get to the finish line. But, 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 but then again, this was based on the premise that Fusco was a good player. Yep. And something happened to him. And Boone is as average as you get. Mm-hmm. You know. They, and, that, mean, and TJ Clemmings not, was a crime to put that kid at left tackle yeah, all season. I think he'd be a good guard. I think he'd be a good guard. I think not a great might, guard. I think but he might I think be more be. so mentally screwed up well, by now. Sure. I don't know he can play anywhere at this sure, point. But he's a guard. If they are, if you're ever going to play him, he's a guard. But anyway, they. Uh, hey, it's a one of the great horrendous flops in the history of the franchise. And Jim Mike Zimmer, Mike Zimmer was the coach, and that's the bottom line. Yeah. Mike Zimmer oversaw one of the biggest flops in the history of the Vikings. Period. Mm-hmm. End of story. You know, Chile, 2010, probably the same. And 1972, Bud was in charge when they went seven and seven after bringing Fran back. That was a disaster, right? Oh God, yes. We that was. Going, we have. God, they were going eleven and five, or they were going eleven and three, twelve and two every year without a quarterback. And mm-hmm. now Fran came back, and they went seven and seven. People were mortified. They didn't know who to blame, but they were mortified. I can't remember who we tried to blame. What happened back then? Like, I, I mean, did, did you get, did people get mad at Bud? I mean, at least I think. Oh, no, we wouldn't get mad at Bud. Zimmer's getting the benefit of the doubt, but I think at least now people, there's some people out there certainly but, willing to question him. Did you get, I, I will tell you, you about Bud, though. The notion that Minnesotans were ecstatic when Bud got hired is BS. Van Brocklin was here six years. And that was a sexy hire, you know, MVP of the league to coach. But Bud was, most of us didn't know what happened to Bud. You know, he lay, he used to play, mm-hmm. and he was with the Lakers in about 54, and then we didn't know what happened to him. For He was winning Grey Cups, so what? Mm-hmm. He'd get a graph in Sid's column, you know, that Bud, and once in a while Bud would be quoted, but nobody knew what happened to Bud. Yep. And the fact that he was successful in the Canadian League didn't mean a damn thing to anybody. And there was no great enthusiasm when Bud got hired because he was an ex-gopher. He was a good gopher, but he wasn't one of the guys. You know, he wasn't Clayton Tonemaker or one of those guys, Leo Namalini. And then his first year, he goes 3-8-3. And and with tie one for Bud became the motto and... When he kicked a field goal against the Rams when they were losing 34 to nothing or 31 to nothing, he kicked a field goal with like four minutes to go mm-hmm. to not get the shot. I mean, we ridiculed the hell out of him. And then, you know, 68, they popped up. They were okay, and they made it to the – did they win the – I don't know. They got into a playoff. I guess they have got into a playoff against the Colts, and it was like the Western Division. So they must have been divided into – Two small divisions. Oh yeah, the conference. Didn't they have the coastal? Like a co- yeah, coastal. Yeah. yeah, and so the '68 and they lost to the Colts, and they, it wasn't close. But that team was only like eight and six or something. Yeah. So we weren't a wow, Bud. But then '69 changed everything. You know, when they went to the Super Bowl, and Bud was the greatest. But uh, yeah, before that, the first two years were not wow. We got Bud Grant, but the the thing that really helped them. With the public here was the old steely-eyed sitting there in the cold, right? You know, not ranting. We didn't like. We loved the fact he wasn't ranting and raving. 
you know. Right. We didn't like the fact Les wasn't ranting and raving, raving, but of course Bud wouldn't rant and rave during the game, but he would rip the rip the officials, officials virtually every time after the game. He had to sit, right? So we liked that, or or whoever was there. It was a it was a brawl after every game what? to see who could kiss Bud and Franz butts the hardest uh, between Clovey, Sid, Ralphie. All of them. I mean, it was a it was a kiss up fest. Would Bud have struggled now? Like Zimmer is with the attention? You know, he's such a smart guy, probably not. He would have figured out a way to 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 uh twist it to his benefit. He was a he was Tom Kelly, he was a very smart guy. I mean he was they're the same guy as far as they can read the room and Bud would have been an adjustment. Now Bud led like remember Charlie McKinney? Bud led him. He was a beat writer mm-hmm. for the I remember the name, yeah. Star for the Tribune and was not trained and he, he drove Bud nuts. But uh, <laughs> but you know, and there might have been some. It might have driven him a little bit nuts, but I I think he was he was such a crafty fellow that he would have figured something out. Who was the first coach that, that you recall in this town who you covered who uh who couldn't handle it? Yeah, see I was uh I covered the high schools almost through '73. You know, I wasn't really mm-hmm. getting the, the big time stuff. Who uh, who used to go crazy? Yeah, who used to? Yeah, I didn't cover Murray much. Uh, Murray Murray had kind of a love hate with the with the reporters for a while. Stoll was Stoll was a little sensitive. He was okay. I'm trying to think of Gopher football. Uh, Smokey Joe was, you know, drove him crazy. But uh, but as far as guys that could just it would get streamed. Well, the famous Bill Mahoney was. I was going to bring up Bill Mahoney with uh, <laughs> Bracken, Rob, Rob Bracken Lear Manny, and Bracken, Bracken managed to give him a nerve. Bracken and Rob Lear managed to give him a nervous breakdown. I'm trying to think of the North Stars coaches. I, I can't think of. Sonmore was the greatest, of course. Right. And uh, Mahoney, Lauren Henning after Vikings. that. Vikings. Denny was. See, I think we always thought we had Denny on the run, but I'm sure he might have. He he was playing with us as much as we were playing with him. Uh, who couldn't take it? Boy, you know, I'm Timberwolves have, Timberwolves have been such a non-entity, it's hard to say. How was Bill Blair? I mean, because he Bill was, Blair was the greatest. greatest mouth Bill of all Blair time. Bill Blair was the greatest. He was the greatest. He he didn't get mad. He, <laughs> he was so lucky. He was so happy he could be. Well, he, and when Flip came in, he, he knew he was on, he knew he was, when Kevin brought in his yes. big buddy to, Blair knew they were just waiting for the first chance to fire him. So he lasted, what, 20 games? Yeah, that season, I think he did. That was the year. I'll tell you, Blair, I've told this story, I guess, before. Jim Capel is writing, has just been a very talented writer, as you all know. You read ESPN. Had just been moved from baseball writer to to uh, going to write columns for the Pioneer Press. Those were different days. I think they were going to have three columnists back then. And <laughs> Capel, uh, Capel was... It was opening night at uh, Target Center, and Capel was working on the uh, J.R. Ryder is going to change his act. Now. Mm-hmm. You know, it was heavily themed. He'd talk to J.R., and J.R. was going to shape up. And mm-hmm. and and, he, and they're doing that stand-up out on the court right after, you know, he used to do his radio interview, and the coaches flipped it at there, too, standing on the court. Yep. And 40 minutes before the game or whatever. And Capel said, Capel offers this theory that J.R., your new J.R., new man, and Blair looks at him and says, J.R. Ryder is a piece of bleep. 
And that was to the entire yes. group? Yeah, we were oh, all standing oh. there. Yeah. And I just said, there's a guy who knows he isn't going to be around. But no, you know, even Mussy is vicious as people were with him. By the time he coached the Timberwolves, he was so thick skinned. Well, Clem, you know, Clem couldn't take it. Yeah, that's in right. A, in a humorous way. And that was Bracket again. Clem, yeah, well, and me. He came after me once. Uh, I called up and asked him about, you know, this is somebody sent me a story that Danny Robbins was like Newsday's investigative guy and about the only guy in the country doing investigative stuff. And he'd had a piece on Silas McKinney. Yeah. And I think Silas was at Auburn then as a recruiter mm-hmm. and all the cheating that they were doing down there in, in Alabama. So then Clem hires Silas for his second year, maybe mm-hmm. second, third year. And so somebody sends me to say, Hey, look this up. And somebody calls and says, look this up Newsday." So I somehow got a print out of it and all these accusations against Silas. So I, I called up Clem and Clem answers the phone in the office and I said, Clem, Story of Newsday, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Silas, I said, I, can I come over and talk to you about it? You stay right there. I'm going to come over and talk to you. <laughs> and he showed up and like 20 minutes later, and he's got copies of columns that I'd written the last two years with stuff marked out in yellow that he'd apparently been sitting on for a while and started re, re raised hell, man. He screamed and he was... Uh, he was okay after that. What was he uh, mad at? Just two, three days. No, various... various little cheap shots and stuff and suggestions. And he fired. I think I ripped him for firing his, uh, uh, whoever he fired to make room for Silas uh, for using him as a scapegoat or something like that. I don't know what it was. I can't remember. I'd have to look. But it was right. hilarious. But then we became, you know, we became buddies. You know, I, I liked him a lot. But that, that was, he was, you know, he was very thin-skinned. That stuff. Most uh, most thin skinned twins manager you ever covered? Mm, yeah, Mock was fine. Yeah. Oh, Mock was an Mark old school baseball fine. guy, right? Willisy was fine. Uh, who the hell followed? Johnny Girl was just absolutely. Gardner was fine. Then Kelly. So not really. Really? One. There hadn't been one since I started covering I have no idea how, you know, Mealy and Gardenhire got a little bit at times, Gardy right? Got tested. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You Gardy. don't like to be questioned. Gardy did. Gardy did. I remember ripping Gardy as a third base coach, and he got he got upset about. Oh, that. did you really? Yeah. Yeah. And taking some shots at him, and uh, and you know, he, oh, he got uh, he got a little upset. I wrote that column about goodbye Gardy at the All Star break. Yeah. Uh, in like fourteen or something. Yeah. Come on, Gary. You don't need this. Leave. Right. You don't deserve this. Yeah, you were basically. Yeah, to, to do him a favor, fire him. If he won't quit, fire him because yeah. he, he shouldn't have to, you know, he's a he's a good human being and he shouldn't have to put up with this. Maybe 13, I don't know. He got all dirty. Yeah, he, yeah, Gary was. He was. And, you know, but for like eight, nine years, he had no reason to be. Right. And, and yeah, he did. That would be the one. He, was, he got a little thin skinned there. But he was still there. Affable chap when you run into him, right? He's fine, right? Well, that and that team was so bad for so long. By that point, that poor guy probably thought yeah. you were halfway right. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, and you know, come to think of it, there haven't been. I mean, go for, you know, Brewster, obviously. Yeah, 
crazy. But he was always such a fraud as a coach yeah, anyway. Yeah, almost right. doesn't count because yeah, yeah. you didn't have any respect I mean, for him was, as a coach. But I will give him credit. He was my first ever guest on the one of this was the I sports remember, show. I remember <laughs> tuning in that day. It was great. I got to give him credit. When we changed formats, he was my first guest. It was great. He took it pretty well, right? I mean, the whole thing. Yeah. I went to see him once, uh, like before the start of the third season. We were going to patch things up. And I love the old patch things yeah, up meetings. Up and he, I let him rip me for about 15 minutes. I said, this is Israel meeting Palestine. <laughs> but, you know, that's why I'm worried about P.J. Fleck. If the Gophers were, would have hired him or would have fired him, I I just know all that row the boat stuff. And it, it, it just, I, I anybody who puts mottos up in the locker room, I immediately dislike. You should have heard the sound bites that oh. Mackie was playing on our show oh, today. The, where see, Mackie would like that crap. Well, it is, it's hilarious, but it's such BS. I know! It's such BS. But see, he's 36. I don't think that if, if he got the job here that it would have to concern you whatsoever because you wouldn't care about patching things up. Oh, God, no. I mean, he's, you know, no, he's a... No, no, but But the gopher... The Gopher fans, who are probably the most sensitive fans, Gopher football fans are probably the biggest jackasses in town. They, they are, are very sensitive. Very sensitive because they they want to act like like there's something happening here, and someday we're going right. to be this powerhouse, and uh, you know, you know, someday we're going to beat Iowa and Wisconsin in the same year, and that's about it. Okay, that's happened before. Yeah. So, uh, you know, <laughs> and but yeah, the take shots at you know, I I know he would drive me nuts. So. So I would oh, and the, go crazy. The gopher holers would love him. Roll though. the ball. Can God. you imagine? No, he's a perfect guy for us. We love the BSer. And he'd love, and he'd be going to every part of the state. you got to remember, I started ripping Lou after he was here about a week, and that was the craziest time. In the, in the history of Minnesota, positive reactions to anything. Mm-hmm. Hiring Lou is number one by a landslide. We went nuts immediately we couldn't believe that a guy we'd heard of would come up here and take the gopher job and tell us about within three days as i said within three days he made it sound like his great great grandfather great 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 grandfather came across the river with father hannapin you know (laughs) i mean he was telling us how great minnesota people were within three days he was you genius. Know? Oh, he was the best. He was the best. Uh, the act was fantastic. I went to his first game at Notre Dame. I went to the Pep Fest on Friday night. Yep. And I never saw a guy look like he was home more than him. He came in there, and they're all they got the whole student body in this in the basketball arena, and <laughs> he had him. He had him weeping and screaming and hollering and in the aisles within two <laughs> minutes. But the best with Holtz was he came back here mm-hmm. to speak after he leaves on the day before. We find out he's going to leave the day before Thanksgiving, and the press conference is the day after Thanksgiving in 85. And he comes back here in February for the Notre Dame Twin Cities Alumni Club mm-hmm. in the St. Paul Hotel, mm-hmm. big ballroom in there, jam packed. A lot of minutes, a lot of people, both Notre Notre Dame and Gopher fans. And he had them all convinced that that 
BS story about Notre the only place in his kind con- the, the only clause. out in is the clause the clause the in the contract which was the one of the Sid's greatest lies ever the clause <laughs> the the only thing that could he could leave for the, he had him he had him convinced that if Notre Dame hadn't called he would have coached here for twenty five years and gone to Eight Rose Bowls. Of course he did. One, three national Of course he had him convinced. He was great. I got it. He's smarter he was, than we are. I, I know. He was great. He was fantastic. I did love calling him the music man, though. I, that that drove people crazy. I was going to say, did you get, is that the most negative feedback you got for someone well, that you poked fun at? because, you know, the only way to get a hold yeah. of you back then was to send you, or send you a note, send you a letter. So. But if I'd written that, if it would have been that turnout uh-huh. of craziness in modern media oh god it would have been it would have been unbelievable i mean if, if there would have been such a thing as a gopher hole yeah would have there would have been death threats you know because <laughs> i had so much fun needling them and the number one was when they had the lou holtz look-alike contest and i went in there on a sunday night because you could go in the st paul paper to sunday night and no nobody was around i wrote for mondays you could write anything you wanted to and because there was nobody to edit it. Mm-hmm. All it did is it had to fit. You know, right. the editor, but there was nobody to, there was no editor editor. There was just the guy that you'd give your copy. Right. To, you know? Who didn't care what it said as long as it, it fit the hole. And the... But Tim Van Ness was the artist back there. And Tim was a character. And Tim would do anything I asked him to do. So we got went and got a picture of Robert Preston, <laughs> music man, and put a little gopher on his hat. You know, a little gopher on his, on his, that, Straw hat he wore. You yep. Know? Yep. And then the jump was, I got the, I got the winner of the Lou Holtz lookalike contest. Is blah blah blah. And then when you went to the jump, there was a picture of Robert <laughs> Preston with the little gopher on his hat. Deborah Howe was the editor. She went crazy the next day. Called me in. We don't alter photos. But we already did it. So I don't know. <laughs> it's too late now. What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? I already did it. It's too late. She was getting. Harvey McKay and the fellas were just calling her all the time. Trying to get oh, they me, weren't. They were. Get me let up on all. And I didn't. You know, I wasn't. Never questioned his coaching, but I just made fun of his rules. Sure. But he was. Uh, you know, he was. He was way too smart. He yeah. Everybody else. He wanted. You know what though? Judd, he was a fantastic. He was a wonderful offensive coach. I think people think that. Right. He was a genius, offensive genius. Uh, and he could run that option better than anybody, his players. He was, uh, but I went to his national championship game. And Sid and I had a, had a, I went with uh, Sid. I drew, we came in from a Viking game in San Francisco and went to the Fiesta Bowl. Uh-huh. And Sid and I went out the hotel and went up to Lou's room. And by then, Lou was okay. He was, you know, he put up. Right. He was he was fine, but Sid was I was about as happy as Sid ever was when Lou won the national championship. Oh, I bet he was. Yeah, he was. Well, you know they were they were thirty points better in West Virginia. That's who they played in the title. Right. Yeah. But Lou was. Yeah, I Lou wasn't that. Lou was a little bit sensitive, but his his acolytes were really sensitive. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Well, his uh, protectors for sure. You know, for the large part, we haven't had that many. Zimmer's, Zimmer's got to watch it. He'll go on the he'll go on the sensitivity Hall of Fame if he doesn't uh, watch it. Yeah, I'm surprised. That's that's I'm, I'm my surprised. biggest surprise. I thought he would not care. 
I did hear Mackey say if they fix the offensive line, they win ten or eleven. I th- I think it's in a league where everybody where where you got five good teams and everybody else is the same. That's a rash statement to make. So, well, yeah, I, I don't know where we are with this team right now. No, o- offensively, they've got a lot of work to do. Yeah, they're going to have to do a lot of repair of the, work. It's not part just of the, the line. reason this team was going to win the division is Anthony Barr was going to be a superstar. Yeah, what is he? Uh, he's, is a he disappoint- a he's a disappointment yeah, for yeah, this year. So maybe he'll be a starter. And I, and and the scary thing with him is I'm not I can't guarantee he's not breaking down too. Sure. Cuz he had injury problems throughout his early yes. career so Yeah. Yeah, who knows. That's what that's the NFL. It's all you know, unless you got Aaron Rodgers. Yep. You know, or one of these other guys, it's all Well, that's the thing people all up in here. People are mad at Bradford now. I said, "What's your option? Well, what else you want to do? So what else you want to do? Bradford's an upgrade." What are you mad at? He's yeah. an upgrade on the guy you have. Because he doesn't throw, he doesn't throw deep. And I, I don't, you know, come on. Yeah. Uh, hey, last thing, with uh, with the situation that happened in Philadelphia at the Eagles game on Sunday, where a columnist was kicked out of the press box, Jeff McLean, right? Yeah, kicked out out of the press I box. He's a beat writer, right? I uh, that that might be right. Yeah. But my point is this: How many? If this had started thirty years ago, how many g- games would Sid thing. would Sid have survived in any press uh, box? Well, that's it. How about I? I know one or thing. You. I know one thing. We wouldn't have survived forty-one donut. The no. entire Minnesota <laughs> press corps would have been banned. We would have been all gone at halftime. When Rob Brzezinski started screaming at me, that probably would have been the end back in. The, I yeah. remember covering an. Old, How about the woman who's doing it? This yeah, former ME, former boss of the. She must be a jackass. Well, I still remember covering a game with you and Seaford in Miami, and we were it was the Dolphins Vikings. It was in in like the baseball portion of the press That's box right. and. And so, so they had us in the front row, and right behind us was like Brzezinski of the Vikings and Kevin Warren and like another executive. And you're in there; these clowns can't do this. <laughs> and you look back, and they're just all red. They're a beat red. We wouldn't have survived any no, of the. No, we all would have been shown been the door. We would have been gone. Yeah, press box banter was part of. Yeah. Now you can exchange texts with each other. You don't have to bellow it out. I just love the fact now that they're going to kick people out of press boxes. It's, I mean, it's because idiotic. He, but, but because he told the guy to shut up. I mean, it, the guy who told him and he was talking too loud, he said, it's none of your business yeah. or something. And yeah, that's why but this is when now we're now we're going to kick people out. Yeah, Sports you, writers. Yes. Well, people are taking photos of the protesters probably will be next. Yeah. Exactly. All right, sir. All right. That was fun. I'll uh, talk to you from Florida. Sounds good. Another edition of Roycey Rambles is complete.